Yo, welcome to Peace of No Mind. My name is Raymond Tanner and this is the podcast where I'll be interviewing amazing individuals as I find out what a peace of mind means to them and some of the valuable lessons they've learned throughout their journey. Each episode has been recorded at a different stage throughout lockdown, pandemic, just overall COVID living. If you like this podcast, make sure to hit me up, subscribe, send it to a colleague, send it to a friend, just send it on and follow me on socials at Peace of No Mind Show on Instagram and Peace of No Mind on Twitter. Anywho, it's been a minute. like to welcome to the podcast not only an absolute legend um not only (laughs) one of the nicest individuals that i've worked with over the last few months she is an english television and media personality and so much more but i would like to welcome to the show (laughs) vicky patterson Yo, <laughs> that that was like the nicest introduction ever. Oh yes, Raymond, it's so good to yes. be on. So this yes. is it. Talk about <laughs> intros. Like I, 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 I was like, no, no, no. I need to, I need to give her one that's fitting. Fitting. It needs to be for Vicky, right? Because I've heard you do some great intros, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. How do, how do I sprinkle some sauce in that? And hopefully, was that enough sauce? Was that enough sauce? <laughs> That was so much sauce. I actually really worry when I'm doing mine that I'm going too no. far. I One night when I was on like an, a, a sort of a, a podcast wormhole, I read far too many reviews of mine. And some man literally went in. He was like, you're so insincere. You can't mean all of those things you say about everybody. And I was like, you bastard. Like, not only have you spent, yeah, you've spelled insincere <laughs> wrong, but I really mean them as well. <laughs> and the worst part. What is, but, is, so is him you. finding the excess time? It's like, don't. Like, I've actually been on the podcast and what's actually sick about yours is you actually know majority of the people you're bringing on. So when they're coming to yeah. speak to you, it's like, yo, mate, like, how you doing? I ain't seen you since last month when we were at that party <laughs> or a couple of years ago. So it's always uh, an intro yeah. that's fitting for someone that you know. It's like, yo, so that guy needs oh, to get back in his yeah. box and yeah, just stops. No one's got time for that. Like, it's 2020. There's so much worse stuff going on. Leave us alone, Brian, and learn insincere, how to spell insincere, please. please. Listen, listen, I hope, listen, but you could have been petty. You could have really been petty and commented under but you know what we're better than that we don't need to but send me his post and i'll be petty for you like that's how we do it yes, that is how we do it. Like, it won't be directly through you like we can I, i'll make sure i just maneuver in um <laughs> no it's mad honestly no that. vicky it's it's a pleasure to have you on because the waiting list for the show is is so long like your agent's been asking me for weeks and i'm like look no, look she might need to hold on for a moment just because there's like yeah all of these people who want to slot on peace of no mind? So luckily, again, if it wasn't for your text, I, I, I might have not been able to fit you in today. But I'm happy you managed to get that hour. So pleased I reached oh, out, Ray. Man. Honestly, I'm, 
And thank you very much for having us on. Honestly, I'm over the moon that we've swapped. We sort we, of swapped today, haven't we? we Different have, hats, and I'm loving it so far. We have indeed, and it's one of those things. I'm sure we'll, I'll go into it a little <laughs> bit more, but I, I kind of want to know, because I've been asking a lot of the guests just how, how was lockdown? How's these last few months been treating you? So I am, um, I feel like I've had, I think everyone's had their own specific experience with lockdown. Like, obviously, the shared experiences, like, we've all had certain, I mean, we've all watched Tiger King. <laughs> we've all had moments where we missed one mom and we've all had moments where we probably drank a bit sooner in the day than we should have but um ultimately i know that everyone's um everyone's journey and version of lockdown has been different um i kept really busy which like helped me a lot um and some people might disagree with that some people might have just wanted to totally give in to the sofa and become a sloth and if that's like your prerogative then there's absolutely fine with me seriously no mm-hmm. judgment but um, I believe like the devil makes work yes, for idle hands, mate. And there was just so much scope for me in lockdown to get like super fat and like borderline alcoholic and just a real dreg of society if I'd let myself go. So I tried to I tried to find a focus for all of me like nervous energy because um, it was a nervous time like everyone's super uncertain and everything was really scary so I did I started the podcast which obviously you've been a huge part of Ray yeah. thank you um, I did like a pro an isolation care package project helping make sure um, older and vulnerable members of society had a food parcel every week um, and then other than that like I did I just flogged loads of stuff on Instagram seriously no shame in my game I thought if it, if it wasn't bolted down now I'm fucking selling it, mate. <laughs> I will say. So, yeah, no, 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 you make it look so natural. You make it look so natural, by the way. I do love it. I love it. Um, and you're very transparent about it, which is great. Like, um, And obviously, I, I think you, you kind of, you mentioned it in terms of like the podcast and stuff. And uh, just for anyone listening, like the way that I kind of was introduced to Vicky. Um, so I'm minding my own business, just getting, you know, lockdowns, pandemics caught everyone. I'm minding my own business, like working on a few projects. And I kind of got like looped into a, a conversation with um, another production company and working working on this project. But I didn't know what projects they were working on. Um, fast forward like two weeks later, I'm on a Zoom call with Vicky Patterson and Peter Andre, and I'm like, what? What has happened? Wait. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was here minding my business. Two weeks later, I'm on a Zoom Stop with it. Peter Andre and Vicky Patterson. What is happening? So it's literally one of those things. Like I, I, I don't know. This I just is felt too like much. Go away. it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy um, few weeks, and. Can you imagine, like, from my perspective, what that could have been like? I'm just in my bedroom, like, yeah. So it's been mad. And obviously, I've been fortunate enough to kind of be working on your podcast for weeks. And um, I feel like, I was just saying to you a bit before this, I was like, I feel like I know you fairly well. Like, I've met your mum. Like, I'm like, I've I've had full-on conversations. You know me so well. Your mum is amazing, by the way. Like, you know me so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what? She's, like, my favourite, really. Like, she's so nice. And um, it meant so much that we were able to sort of, like, get her on and... And I, I think, like, it's important, like, obviously, there's so many amazing celebs out there with so much to say, but, like, 
I mean, let's have it right. Like, w- we didn't learn it from yeah. nowhere. Like, it's definitely all coming from the mammy yeah. base. So it was lovely to be able to get her on the sort of font of all knowledge um, and give her the respect and credit she deserves. Yeah, the conversation between Aww. you two was, yeah, it was real. And like, it kind of just brought out that beautiful, authentic relationship you have. But it was it, like kind of just on that. It's like I've seen you like interviewing like, um, a guest, your mum, and like loads of loads of amazing individuals. And I was saying to you a bit earlier, like the one thing which I've seen and you're, you're hella consistent is that, yeah, <laughs> you're you're genuinely like, genuinely a funny, like all-rounded, amazing person. And I'm not even just saying that because I'd seen you in different lights, the first thing in the morning, getting ready for the pod to the interview and then afterwards. <laughs> and the energy that you, you kind of let off throughout, like it's, 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 it's all positive. And yeah, man, like you literally Aww. are a hardworking, like amazing individual. So big up yourself, Vicky. Big up yourself. Thank you so much. Honestly, Ray, I could get used to this. Like, I'm mm. having such a nice time. You can say nice things about me whenever you want. Gee, so this we is could, such a good podcast. We could do, we could do a part two. <laughs> we could just literally do part two where we just unpack all the episodes. I'm down, I'm down. But um, I feel like you're just going to be my new co-host if this is the energy you're bringing. I'm just going to let this is Ray. He loves me a lot. Well, I'm glad that <laughs> came from your mouth. I'm glad that came from your mouth. So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There needs to continue coming from your mouth and then you take it to other people places of like oh no this amazing guy good Ray he's like a great cause <laughs> whatever you want to throw up like it, I'm here for I'm going to sing your praises please I'm going to sing them everywhere please do <laughs> this is the start of everything um but I will say what I will say though is because you're on peace of no mind Vicky and you're on right. peace of no mind so you're in my domain right now you're in you're in this I space am. you're in this space <laughs> I <laughs> I ask all the guests that come on peace of no mind what does yeah. a peace of mind mean to you and how is it best achieved? Um, okay, so you're hitting me with the big questions early doors. I love this. Um, I think as I've got older, peace of mind has become something that I, I strive for. When you're younger, like you are going so fast, like a million miles an hour. And like I know I was uh, in particular. And the things I valued were like... S- actually in retrospect super vapid like I valued um I, I wanted to have night I wanted to have like fancy things and I wanted to be seen in fancy places and I want to have like a massive circle of like I'd call them friends back then but right now I'd probably call them more like fake friends or acquaintances like I just want to be seen to be this super popular very successful person um and actually like as I've grown up I've realized those things are so inconsequential and what is important and, and what does ultimately equate to happiness is peace of mind and contentment. Um, and for me, like this might be different for everybody, but I don't sleep if I've not been a nice person that day. And like, it can be something super, super trivial. Like I could have reacted badly to a person on Instagram and not considered like the day they were having. You know what I mean? Like if someone trolls you a bit and I've just gone in, which I'm so capable of doing. We've all seen us on the TV when I was younger. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like as much as I'm trying to grow up, that is still a small part of who I am. You trigger me, it so, will yeah, come. So, <laughs> yeah, like please don't trigger me because please. I'm working really hard I'm on working so better. hard. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't bring her out, please. Like, right. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so, it can be something that small or it can be something more um, significant. Like it can be an argument with a loved one or it can be just like I haven't dealt with something great that day um, or haven't been the person I wanted to be. And then I just won't sleep. And like I've, I've, I really struggle with that. Like so 
for me, peace of mind is being the best version of yourself. It's striving and, and, and always endeavoring to be kind and good to others. And like, it's not always possible. Like you've just heard like, what can derail me? And it can be so small. But if I have been kind and been the best version of me and worked hard and looked out for others, then I know I will fall asleep at night and that's peace of mind. Um, so that's that's my version of it. <laughs> Man. And you were like, that. This is, a, this is a big question, but you had a big answer. That is a big answer. Some pre All ready to go, man. Yeah, look, you're Just amped up. Like, the barrel. Come on, like, pow, <laughs> pow. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm feeling that. And I, do you know what? It's beautiful when you were like, I always endeavour to be a nice person. Like, I think, yeah, I think sometimes people are often overlooked that, like the basics of like, yo, how is it you treat people that are even in your immediate circle, but oh, more importantly, so the stranger important. that you come across in your in your day to day. And I can imagine even like, it must be hard to be nice when there's so many people who are constantly being like, maybe requesting or asking. It's like, how do you maintain, how do you maintain all of, or like, you know, being respectful, but at the same time, kind of put keeping your boundaries sort of thing is that hard um I think so over the years like obviously um as I've become better known and it, honestly it just works this way like the more you've the more you've got like the more you can offer people the more you can give people the, the bigger of a personality you are like the more people will want and like I consider it a great honor and like I'm super grateful to have even got to a place where I've got something to give others whether it's like time money energy status whatever it is um so i'm like overriding emotion i feel whenever anybody asks us for anything is just complete gratitude that i'm even in a place where i can help others um i also am like always reminded like we talked about my mom early doors like she i was always like really into school like it'll probably surprise people to know that i just was super diligent like i really really like devoured learning i was like into me knowledge like i just fucking got obsessed with stuff man like like the ancient greeks want me jam like i just got weird about things at school and loved learning and my mum always like would go to the parents evenings and she didn't care like how clever i was like she just said like i can see she's clever what would ma- mean a lot to me mum is if a teacher said like she's polite yeah. or like she's respectful or she's always good to others like it's been something that's been instilled in me since i was young that you can be as clever as you want and you can be as good looking as you want and successful whatever it doesn't mean anything if you're not helping others along the way mm-hmm. so that's something i proper live by um helped in stillness like by me mom um and it's something i just remember now mm. like you can what does it matter if you've got stuff if no one else has fucking whole squad winning yeah. so that's like me mentality slightly this is this no no i, I definitely get that and uh, the, the whole squad winning <clears throat> is one of those it's one of those <laughs> that at the top you could be on a you could be on a journey to the top by yourself and if you have no one to share some of your your things with then potentially then it can also feel like you are winning but at the same time losing but again, it's being mindful of just yeah. those basic interactions. Like this person's helping me with this podcast. How do I make sure that the staff feel? How do I make sure that this person who's helping put my makeup on feels? It's those basic things that I think people really remember. There's that quote, like people forget, well, by Maya Angelou, people forget what you say, people forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And so bang on. She knew fine. what she was talking about, did Maya, man. Honestly. There we go, innit? She did. Ledge. She did. Oh, Auntie Maya, <laughs> I have all the love for Auntie. 
Um, what I will say, though, is it's the idea. So basically, uh, for, for some of the people who probably don't know who you are, the idea of you being a media personality that like how, how, how mad does that feel to you? Like when you graduated university, did you kind of envision what a future would look like? And that it would be a media personality or what was where were you when you were like all right cool fresh out of uni hat on like the world's <laughs> my oyster Jordy Shaw. <laughs> oh. yes. yeah literally next stop yes. in me, Come, still in me it. cap and gown exactly it? Like, run, running, running straight to the line <laughs> no but no talk, to talk oh. me through that yeah what could you envision and what was yeah what, what were you thinking about doing maybe after you graduated I'd like to firstly say, like, I don't know how many people are listening to this have been to uni, but, like, it's the whole process. Um, it's, like, it's not what it looks like in the films or, or TV shows. Like, I'd probably watched one too many episodes of Hollyoaks and, like, just assumed that, like, honestly, or some, some like, terrible, like, daytime daytime film um and it's like you just walk out of uni and there's a businessman in a suit waiting outside for you when you're still in your cap and gown waiting to hand you like the job of your dreams um the year i graduated there was um 30,000 graduate jobs for 300,000 students Mm. um so i'd spent like three years toiling under the illusion that i was going to get a job for a graduate and the I was just, we were wildly oversaturated and I was wildly underqualified, like a degree <laughs> in drama, media and cultural studies. People were fucking engineering degrees, Vicky, like, what makes you think you're getting handed the big job? So it was um, really demoralising to come out after three years of, and it wasn't solid graft, I'm not going to lie, but it was work. It was great fun, but it was work too. And I just ended up, basically back where I'd started like in my childhood bedroom in my mum and dad's house um going out four nights a week working in g-star clothing what, shop G-Star and uh, yeah nice, g-star no, even though that would have been like even at that age 21 <laughs> it would be like oh yeah g-star all right you're at g-star all right cool, cool, cool. <laughs> honestly i yeah, felt like the what, ducks nuts ray i'm not gonna lie like yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, no, there's a few that are still like, oh, what, John Lewis, Selfridges. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I no. did think I was, I did think I was a bit of a, like the duck's nuts. I thought I was class. Um, and then working in bars and nightclubs and stuff. So me, like, dreams of all these, like, high-flying jobs weren't instantly uh, realised. And for the first time in my life, I felt stagnant. Like, I've always plodded on and had dreams and had ambitions even no even if I didn't know exactly what shape they had like I knew I wanted to achieve essentially that was me goal um the end was blurry but like I knew I wanted to be successful um and it was the the opportunity presented itself for me to get out of this little rut I was in in the form of Geordie Shaw and like I've spoke about it at length like if I could give if, if I could have found a different avenue at the time if there was a different vehicle that presented itself I wouldn't have chosen Geordie Shaw I think even as naive as I was I was aware of some of the ramifications Um, and I fell into all the pitfalls really I suppose but I've ultimately ended up where I want to be so I, I can't be too like I can't be too negative or dramatic about me time on the show. Like, it it was what it was. So, no, I I never knew where I wanted to end up. I just always knew I wanted to be successful wherever I went and I was going to work hard to get there. 
Um, just just the way the cookie crumbled, I suppose. Well, it does, and you know what? Like sometimes you need to take a you take a leap into a direction that doesn't always look like it's mapped out and planned out and then literally look back years later and you're like damn if it weren't literally if it wasn't for that one person <laughs> I met or if I didn't walk through that door at the same time as her and she said cool and I smiled like do you know what I mean like in your mind you start yeah, unpacking no, totally. it but um at, like obviously when you first like were, were given your clears like all right cool you're going to be on Geordie Shore did did you kind of see what this could be? Or was it at the same time, it was like, oh, it's just going to be a little show that I'm just going to kind of do my little piece on and then I'll come away and I'll maybe work. Or could you see the possibility for this to be like on TV, like in people's faces, people knowing who you are? What was that like? I think like it was a real, it was an amalgamation of the two. Like we were constantly being told by MTV and all the powers that be that this was going to be like MTV's flagship show. It was going to be the biggest thing in British television that year. We were going to be controversial. We were going to divide opinions. And we were constantly being built, like told, oh, this is going to be massive. But at the same time, like we weren't even getting fucking paid. So like, how, yeah, well, no, how excited. Yeah, nothing, Ray, nothing. So how excited can I get about something when they're not investing in as, as a person? Like, I thought, you can say what you want about this, mate, but I'm fucking skint. Oh, man. So we, I didn't believe all of the hype because I just didn't, I didn't see the investment from their point of view. Um, it took us basically saying, and I think it was a couple of the cast, who'd like just taken unpaid like leave from work because, again, we were unsure of what we're getting ourselves into. Um, I'd actually quit my job because oh, really? I was yeah. Yeah, John McCann, you were like, no, 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 this is the end. <laughs> no I was, more. Yeah, I was like, if this doesn't work out, something else has to yeah, because yeah. I'm shite at yeah. this. <laughs> um, I think it was like Holly um, in particular, she just was like, oh, I've just, I took six weeks off. And like, I've took all my holidays in once and there's a couple of other people who was like, yeah, I've just took a break. And I was like, shit, so we had to appeal to MTV's like sort of sensitive nature and say, oh, um, we're all skint, yeah. like we've got nothing and you're telling us not to go back to work and this is going to be this and this is going to be something. And it was sort of about, so sort of three months after maybe the show had been filmed or maybe two months after, they started to give us a retainer, like essentially like a monthly wage because okay. they were like, yeah, we need you for X, Y and Z. Like we need you to be available for adverts. We need you to be available for like press days and we're aware that you're not earning. So here you go. So, we got put on a retainer, but based on the initial financial gain from the show, mm. I was not convinced it was going to go anywhere. Um, for a long time, we were we were known for, if we could like you could walk down the street and get recognised, but had absolutely nothing in my bank, mm. which was a bit of a juxtaposition. <laughs> but no, I, I can imagine, and even even in terms of that, someone thinking that you're doing really well that that was that must yeah. be mad. Like someone thinking financially, you must be killing it, and because on on like face value, maybe like on TV, you're here, and then people having this impression of you or image of you, and then you in reality being like, damn, I can't even buy them shoes to look this good, or I'm buying <laughs> these, I'm buying these shoes, but I know that's going on the credit. Like it's it's it's, it's <laughs> mad. That kind of juxtaposition must have also been kind of crazy as well. Well, I, I remember like you're exactly right. Like, and you kind of assume that one of the things like. So I think people assume when they see you on Instagram or they see you on the TV and they assume you have a certain amount of like wealth or like possessions or something. So they don't feel as bad about digging you out. 
because they think, fucking hell, she can take this when she sits in a 16-bedroom house in Maidavale. I don't care. I'm going to call her whatever I want. But actually, the fact is it hits totally different when they're calling you whatever the, you the want. Because you sort of take it on the chin when you think, yeah, you know, I do deserve this. I've had three holidays this year. You're <laughs> a bit mad, and I get that. Like, I always get that. But back then... Like, I was, like, sitting still in me, the childhood bedroom where I'd grown up. <laughs> so far into me overdraft that, like, when I used my bank card, it was always just a case of, oh, good work or it might not. This might decline. Like, yeah, yes. this might decline. Honestly, like, all this stuff. And I remember one of the boys, like, on the show, so, like, he was getting trolled because they were like, God, has he got any other clothes? No, no. And the fact is, like, we didn't. Like, we didn't have any other clothes other than the ones you'd seen us in and mm. we we were living at home with our parents like it was really hard to deal with like the level of like hate and scrutiny that was coming from people because they obviously thought we were like earning really well off it and how dare they get paid to get pissed when mm. actually at first it was like well we're fucking not even getting paid like this is rubbish mm. so yeah it was it was super difficult and not what everyone thought it was at first mm. but um obviously you've seen you've seen you've seen the long story like yeah no there is I, I know I feel like I know so many like pockets of it as well just from some of the conversations from your podcast yeah. um but like can you remember like a moment when you you basically were like this is sweet like I'm living great because of this like maybe we might have been in Cancun like what like is there a, like <laughs> when you think back to like a moment like was there something that you, in your brain is like, this was actually like when I thought we'd made it? Oh, I'm going to sound super ungrateful now. And like, I'm not even sorry about it. Like, <laughs> it's, not in my re- it's not in my repertoire normally. Like I am a very <laughs> grateful person. But Geordie Shaw was a really hard time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and people could see like elements of how much I struggled like obviously it's not normal to be that agitated and angry all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> um but like I I was in a I was trapped in an environment with people who I wouldn't consider me like me real friends obviously I've had the same group of friends race since I was like 15 from oh, like wow. school like me sister me cousin so like even younger there's like 10 15 girls of like of us and I found being separated from them and my family very difficult, being in a situation with people that you couldn't necessarily trust. And I don't mean the cast, like the majority of the time the cast are just doing them and there's absolutely no shame in that. It's the producing side of things. It's contrived. Mm. And of course you're manipulated to, to be the person that they want you to be to a certain extent. Do you end up trying to play that role then? Does that kind of knock yeah. on into you? Like, it's like, oh, cool, they want me to be this proper, like, character that's going to cause you yeah. the... So it's like, I'll be that yeah. for you. I'll do that. I do that. So I was mm. always struggling with, I'll be that person they want me to be because I know they need someone to speak the truth and I know they need someone to drive this narrative. And they told me time and time again, when you're in green screen, which for anyone who doesn't know is that little bit that pops up, outside of the actuality it's like the bit where i go so we're all in bijou and james is fuck that's yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and they like i tried to leave the show loads because i'm a proper drama queen apart from anything else but i wanted I, I wanted more from my life i was ready to leave after series one i wanted something different and they always would 
they'd always flatter us and I, I'm so easily flattered me. Like, I'd come straight back at the, ni- at the hint of the nicest thing and they'd be like, the show couldn't happen without you, Vic, because we need you to, in the green screen to drive the narrative. We need you to tell the story. Like, you're, you're, you're intelligent. You can articulate a point. Like, 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 we need you. And that was all it took. Like, I'd keep coming back because of that. So I felt like I was... I knew the show was getting bigger. I knew that we were onto something good, essentially, but I was never happy with the the person I was becoming and how I was essentially being played. Like I was astute enough to know that there was some that like I was losing myself mm. and also I was being portrayed as someone I really wasn't. So Although there was amazing stuff happening, like I remember being at the uh, EMAs in Frankfurt and presenting an award, like Kim Kardashian presented one before, like that was amazing. Okay. But at the back of my mind, it was always just like, this isn't really me and you're not doing yourself any favours. So, yeah, it was, it was, I felt conflicted for a lot of the time, for for five years, probably, fuck no, it's a long time to be conflicted. It is, it is, but then at the same time, when like, you see some money sometimes, it's like, as well, it's like, you know what, you're keeping this, you're keeping things afloat, like you're keeping me afloat a little bit, like, well, and then what, did you make the decision to kind of call it a day and just kind of wound down, was that, was that based on you looking back over the time, what was, what was that looking like? So like, as I mentioned, like, obviously always try to, to leave like walked out at least once a series by the time I'd finished filming I'd always gone you won't have me back next <laughs> MTV honestly they were sick of us saying it by the end and I'm sure all the cast were as well they were like fucking broken leave, record it, yeah. um, <laughs> but I am um, they kept dangling various carrots like I want to be a presenter of sorts I want to be known for being like a professional within this industry rather than just known for being Vicky Patterson if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so the MTV would always say like oh you know we can definitely see you as a in a presenting role and you know what they stayed so f- true to their word and gave me that of uh, various shows after I finished so mm. this is no slight against them but yeah like there was always that glimmer of hope that if I just did one more series of this I'd get my own show or I'd be able to do MTV news or I'd just be able to do something and I got so I just was remained hopeful, but it got to the point where I think I was, I think I was about 25, 26. And um, I wanted the things that normal 25 and 26 year old girls want. Like I wanted a nice boyfriend and I wanted to like wake up in a, a nice house that didn't have like dirty makeup wipes all over the floor. And <laughs> I longed for a conversation that wasn't all around those seven or eight people that I lived with. Like I just wanted more and I couldn't, I couldn't deny myself those things anymore, regardless of the outcome. So there was no show waiting for us outside. I think a lot of people might assume that I'd got the jungle or something, or there was like, I definitely had Judge Geordie, which was a show I did after all in all signed off. There was nothing. It took a huge leap of faith for me to go, but I knew no one was going to give us anything when I still had Geordie Shaw. So I, I left in their ninth series, I think it was, oh, wow. just shy of just shy of the Big Ten. Um, and there was no animosity. Like, I absolutely loved, like, loved the cast, loved the crew, loved, loved the me time I'd spent there. But it was also littered with some quite, some quite dark moments and quite toxic situations. And I just wanted to turn me back on that and try something new. I wanted a new chapter, mate. Yeah. 
And kind of looking over that period, what would you say your relationship to like peace of mind was like? Because obviously you were saying that you felt conflicted as a character throughout these whole these the whole series, and you're 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 kind of playing roles, and they're making you like like kind of puppeteering a way that the the public mm-hmm. might see you. When you came off the back of the show, were you like? Was that a relief or were you in a mad place? Like, um, so when I was in the show, and this is like no, this is not a revelation, but it is just me being really candid. Like, my mental health was the worst it's ever been. Um, you've got to think things that like help you have peace of mind or like reading a good book or like being around people who love you, like living a healthy life, being a nice person, all these things. Like, there's not an awful lot of opportunity for that in the Geordie Shaw house. <laughs> And like, it, there's just not, mate. And like, so you're pumped full of alcohol. So, and I'm not a nice drunk. So instantly, <laughs> anxiety's through the roof. Like, I'm not. I'm not. And like, I've, it's t- taken us 32 years to sort of be able to say that out loud and not feel like, well, actually, I am. But I'm not. I'm. I'm so aggy. Mm. Oh, I know. It's horrible. Like a couple of glasses of wine, and I'm everyone's best friend. But more than that, and I'm just a bit of an asshole. So I avoid situations yeah. where I could be like that now. Like, but back then there was no way to avoid those situations, and so that version of me, me always came out, which then obviously parlayed into the morning after, lying in bed, hearing voices downstairs, and not knowing how you got to bed or mm. whether you rowed with someone or who you had to apologise to. Like, it was so awful. And, like, I made a rod for my own back, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't leave the show. I didn't watch my alcohol intake. I became the person that everybody egged us on to be. But it it just it just made dealing with it so much harder. And I was constantly ra- racked with, with guilt and anxiety and stress. Like, anything I do to calm down, like, watch a nice film, do a yoga class, read a good book... Those you don't do those things. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was no space you for don't that. Do that wasn't what they wanted no. you for. No one wanted to see what book they you wanted. Reading. They nah. wanted the, yeah. No one wants to no see one, no me. One, like, no one's got time for that. They needed full on. In a downward dog yeah. with a green tea, <laughs> reading like the chimp person. paradox. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Fuck that. No. They want to see people getting fingered. Yeah. That's what they want. <laughs> Yes, ah. they wanted all of that. They did, they did, they did. And you know what it is? Yeah. Like I said, you, you had a good run. So as a whole, like, again, yeah. you can look at that back and you can see some of those moments where you're, you you now are in a better place because you can analyse it a bit differently. But obviously, I don't want to spend too much time on Geordie Shaw because that was the come up, but that isn't who you are and that isn't the, that isn't the, the, the thread <laughs> that should stay with you forever. It's one of those as in we're aware that existed. But then you went on to go continuously test the boundaries and get, listen, who told you to go in the jungle and how did that even get come up? Like who, how, how does that even happen? Like, like w- d- d- was it someone who just tried to persuade you? Or was it your enthusiasm? It's like, yo, you know what? I actually want to be in cockroach. I, I want cockroaches. I want it all. <laughs> I want all of the kangaroo dick. I want it all. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to be nips deep yeah, in kangaroo, kangaroo dick, dick. Yes. right now. Yes, get on. <laughs> right? And it's like, whoa, how does, how does that emerge? Is that after back? Was that, yeah, what happened then? Like, oh, this there's just like do you know what I was a huge fan of the show my whole life like it's one of those 
those like amazing British institutions of TV that brings the whole family together. Not even that, like the whole nation. Like we all look forward to when the jungle starts. Mm-hmm. Like, and this year more so than ever. Like we're all just so ready for something familiar because everything has essentially just been so unknown. Um, so yeah, so. I'd always want to do it. It had always been like on me bucket list, so to speak, me TV bucket list. Um, and I think my year was the first year that they started like expanding their horizons and seeing people from Geordie Show. Like they'd never wanted to, to entertain the idea of having one of us on the show before then. Okay. But they had this like plan for the reality TV invasion that was that was this year. So there was going to be someone from Towie, which ended up being Fern McCann. It's going to be someone from Aidan Chelsea, which ended up being Spencer Matthews. And there's going to be someone from Geordie Shaw, the trifecta of reality <laughs> TV, if you yes. will. Um, and uh, th- this is a little known fact. They actually seen me and Gary for, from Geordie Shaw. Um, but I know, yeah, which probably might explain why he was so nasty about us when I was in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, hey there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, yeah. son. <laughs> By the way, uh, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Um, yeah, that was that. So they, they had this idea to mix things up. Reality mm-hmm. TV was like unavoidable at this point. We were some sort of like, we were just a huge juggernaut um, and they had to accept it and put some of us in and... Um, that's how, that's how it came about. And what, none of, like, so basically, none of that stuff just naturally scares you. Like, so when you're faced with things like that, like, let's say, putting being put out of your comfort zone, like, knowing that you're going to have to to be on TV and people are going to see you, like, super vulnerable. Like, would you say that's what Geordie Shaw had primed you for then? Or, like, did you not think about that? Are you just like, I don't care, like, I'm on it, we're here, like, let's have fun. I think, like, I was just so overwhelmed by being able to be a part of something that I was such a big fan of like being from the northeast, like being a Geordie the possibility of doing a show with Ant and Deck is like pretty much as you know that's going to be a highlight of your career so I was just super excited and still a little bit naive like if I was to go into this situation now like I, I worry I'd overthink it like I worry I'd do you know what I mean? I worry I'd, I'd, I'd actually let get my get into my own head because I'd be so like, oh my God, you're doing something so important. Yeah. But then I was just like so excited, so carefree, so gung-ho, which I think comes with being like in your 20s. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just was like, I'm, I'm scared of stuff, Ray. Don't get us wrong. Like everyone's always like, God, you didn't look scared of anything. Yes. And it's like, I, I was scared. I just was more scared about like, about Failing. doing that show and not leaving me mark. Yeah. You know what I mean? About being what everyone thought I was, which was actually just the girl from Geordie Show who wasn't really good at anything. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that fear took over any more pressing ones like cockroaches, kangaroo dicks. So snakes, would you say there was that, that internal fire where it was like, now, you know what, I've got, I've got, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to make sure this is a moment and I'm going to live it like the best I can. Like, and that kind of helped you yeah. take over some of these tasks. Because I know for a fact that I I reckon I, if you put me in there, like, ah, oh man, there'll be a lot of debate. Like, see, this is it. I, I've had to imagine myself. <laughs> I was trying to imagine myself in scenarios. I'll be in there. I'll be in the camp. I'll be busting joke. We'll be having a good time. We'll be having the best time. Then as soon as it's like, oh, Raymond, it's time to go do your bush tucker trout. This is when you'll see me sweating and like, yeah, pop a heart pound. <laughs> I was like, look, and then you're taking me on a bridge to go sit in a tank with cockroaches. I said, but this isn't, no, this can't be the truth. 
So I'm literally, I, I, I find that, I honestly find it admirable. Like when I see some of those tasks, I'm like, either admirable or crazy as like, yeah, you guys are doing some mad stuff. I think it's like a mixture of the two. Like obviously some things require a bit of like steel and a bit of courage, but predominantly like it's just, it's just crazy, isn't it? Like it's, oh, I mean, you'll never be in that situation again. And that's what I told myself. Like you are just so lucky to be here. Just embrace it. Um, And like, that's what the advice I gave everybody. Like since going in, like I've spoke to a couple of people, like I gave Joel Domit advice. I gave Emily Atak advice. I remember they all come to us and I I gave Scott like the same advice I probably gave myself, which is just like, just fucking enjoy it. Like, yes, it's scary at times. And yes, it's like the unknown, but these things can't hurt you. And like, think of what you're becoming part of. Like that just, that just helped me get through. No one I was part of, I'm a celebrity, get me out And of you here, not only were a part of it, you won the whole, you come home with the trophy. Yeah, you come home with the crown. The, you not just were a part of it, you won it. Like, that's very mad. Like, that is, that is crazy. So that, that drive of like, yo, I want to make my mark. Is that enough of a mark, Vicky? <laughs> is no, that honestly, mate, it's, is that it's enough never going to be enough. Crazy. Never going to be enough. Uh. Um, I think... I kind of rested on my laurels for about a year with that, with, oh, she was a good... But then quickly, this is what gets you, and this is what they don't tell you about, is that actually, like, within a year, there's going to be another queen. Yeah. There's going to be another king. And, like, if you're driven or ambitious or, like, that's, that's that's how you get your props in life, which, obviously, we've established I'm completely driven by validation. Um, <laughs> like, then you, you, it, it runs out and you're quickly old hat. So you get this one year of being, like, riding high, queen of the jungle, bee's knees, everyone wants you on everything, face of this, face of that, sit on my sofa, we love you, to, oh, fucking move out the way, Scarlet Moffat's arrived you dickhead and it it was it it quickly goes so what you then are faced with is like i mean a lot of people are just like oh like harry redknapp for example is just like oh i've fucking done it like leave me alone which i love well done harry but if there's a lot of us who are like oh well shit what's next Mm. so you do you 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 bounce from one thing to the next trying to find your next professional high um and i've i'm always still searching for that validation i'm always still pushing myself for that next big moment that next um i suppose the next success really so nah it's never enough raymond i wish it was i wish i could just be super content but no no no, but that's an interesting you've literally just raised an interesting point in the idea of that if there's, if say, say we're looking for validation or we're looking for that next high or something else where people are like, you are great. What What is like, what, what does that kind of look like to you? What does the end goal really look like to you? Or is it just you like enjoying this journey as you're moving through? It's changed a lot over the years. So for me, like, happiness and the end goal just used to be like me being like super thin with a really nice looking husband um and loads of money and all of the shows I could possibly want um which I mean honestly for a while was like what I considered to be the epitome of success but then um something's weird something weird has happened in the last like three years um and it's like my whole outlook on life has changed I don't know if it's been getting older I don't know if it's been some significant moments in my personal life um maybe it's an amalgamation of all of them but what it's led us to say is like those things that I really used to covet aren't success at all what I want is to just be dead happy 
I want to um, have a lovely person in my life who loves us. I don't really care what my body looks like. It can be as squishy as it wants as long as it's healthy <laughs> and, and I'm strong. Um, I want my family to be content and looked after. Um, and I want people to like us and I mm. want to work and do things that mean something to us. I made this like promise a couple of years ago that I was not going to make TV that that made people feel bad about themselves or mm. that that made me feel anxious. Like I just wanted to do nice things um, and work with nice brands. And, and since then I've remained pretty true to myself in that promise. So the the end goal has changed, but I think probably for the better. Mm. And is that, is, you, you just said like your end goal was like, oh, even the idea that you only make shows that make people feel happy. How do you know when to say no to things? Because surely there would be another reality TV show and someone else. What is your, what is your internal compass? And or more, what, when, when do you know? Or is, is it, is there multiple factors? I think, yeah, like every, every circumstance is different and you have to wait up as it comes to you. But there's been a couple opportunities this year that have presented themselves to us um, that would potentially take me to places that have like bad memories for me. So everyone knows that Geordie Shaw is, a, is about, is turning 10 um and like Towie's just having its big reunion now and they've welcomed loads of faces from their past and there's a big Geordie Shaw reunion happening of some sort I don't know the ins and outs because I've opted to not be involved um and like I've had every like everything thrown at us by the producers you know if you don't do it you're going to look really bad because you'll be the only one who isn't and like people will ask questions if you're not there and people will assume you think you're too big for it if you're not there and I've had all of them thrown to us you know what I mean and uh, even some nicer ones like Mm. it won't be the same without you Mm. but they're fewer and far far between but the fact is like I will always be grateful to Geordie Shaw for providing us with the platform I have today but that doesn't mean I'm beholden to it. And it doesn't mean I have to want to relive that chapter of my life, especially when I now understand all of the ramifications that period of my life had on my mental health and my peace of mind. So although that would probably be good money and although it would probably, it, it, it would probably be, I, I would not look like I was following myself and I would look like I hadn't, do you know what I mean I didn't think I was too good and all the rest of it I actually just can't bring myself to do it because it made me f- it, it made me feel anxious it made me feel sad like I, I don't know like what do the people feel like when they're watching it like I don't know it's it, it's just something for me that I, I can't like despite everything else and how much I know there's probably some viewers who'd love to see us go back in that house and slut drop and drink bombs. <laughs> I just can't do it Raymond yeah it was yeah, a period and yeah. you know what? That's more power to you because uh, within that, that that kind of integrity of being like, "All right, cool. I said I won't, and I just won't." Like, no matter what you offer me, mm. that that's 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 priceless, and that that's what reassures and gives you that confidence back in yourself. So let them do that, and yeah, watch it on the other side, and let it be, and it will it will go, <laughs> and it in time yeah. will fade as well. Looking back over like your kind of career, what would you say? There's one thing for certain that you know about navigating through the world. Um, so the only thing that I know for certain is that you have to be nice to everybody on the way up because you will meet them again on the way back down. And like people, it's like you said earlier on about uh, the Maya Angelou quote, like 
People don't remember how many Instagram followers you had or how you looked in a bikini or whether you did every reality TV show in the world. What they remember is how you made them feel. So it's whether you learnt the runner's name or whether you thanked the researcher for the cup of tea or whether you treated them all exactly the same way as you treated the exec. The girl who came up to you on the plane who was nervous and asked for a picture. The lad who, like, do you know what I mean, bought you a drink in a bar. Like, please just be nice to all these people. Because, well, you know, apart from anything else, it'll allow me to go to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) So I need my sleep. I've got work in the morning. (laughs) I need my sleep so you can definitely have this picture. (laughs) No, but it just means you get to keep working and keep doing nice stuff. And you get to keep looking at yourself in the mirror. Like, there's this such a big period of my life when I hated who I was becoming. And now every day, like, I wake up and I look in the mirror and actually I like the lady I'm becoming. So, no, so just please be nice to everybody, man. man. It, no, no, <laughs> come no. Come back and bite you in the arse if not. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. It's about, no, no, no. And I, I think you've, yeah, you've echoed that. And I feel like that is, that's so truthful because I've heard that in different realms. But it seems to be one of the most prominent pieces of advice that everyone kind of just imparts. Yeah. It's like, yo, that's, that's, that's a natural. Um, kind of even when you're looking at your socials and like you as a, as, as a persona and a personality, you always keep it authentic and showing parts of yourself that people, that other, other people who maybe have that many followers and who are maybe in, in, involved on their social as much don't show. Um, is there a purpose behind that? And how important is that for you to continuously keep doing um, it's super important is the short answer. Uh, we, I think um, social media in particular is awash with these like completely unrealistic images of perfection and not just like a bikini body. It can be like your attitude to life. Like we all have down days. Mm-hmm. Like let's have it right. We don't wake up every morning like bright eyed and bushy tailed and super grateful and ready to just achieve. Like Jesus Christ. Like we all have that moment where we're like, fuck this. I'm not even brushing my teeth today. Yeah. Like it's so human to experience these ups and downs. <laughs> but people on Instagram would have you believe that like every day is perfect for them and and they never have an argument in their relationship and they never have a cheap meal and they never some days just feel like saying fuck it and wearing the same baked bean stained tracksuit pants they wore the day before and it's total bullshit I call bullshit on it all I had this like really rough year about three years ago now um and I lost like my best friend and I lost my grandma oh honestly Raymond like what, like everyone experiences loss in life and mm-hmm. I was just completely unprepared for it like especially this person felt super vibrant and larger than life you didn't think you were going to lose a character like that um, and of course my relationship broke down as well um, and it was all super public given the nature of my job um, and the consequence of it was I just didn't have the energy to be the person that I tried to be so long on social media um, I was so focused on actually just trying to fucking get out of bed in the morning because I felt overwhelmed with loss and grief. Um, that being like the Vicky Patterson everybody wanted to see, which was like super positive all the time and mm. super strong and a real like gung-ho, fuck you, feisty woman approach. Like I'd had nothing of that left because all my energies were just focused on putting one foot in front of the other. So I'd began to show this really organic and authentic version of myself on social media because I had nothing else to hide behind. I, I was done hiding. Um, and the response I received was really overwhelming. It was like everybody kind of said, like, do you know what? Like, 
I've been heartbroken before or when I lost my friend and this incredibly interesting dialogue was opened through me honesty and I just sort of thought Jesus Christ why have you been wasting your time pretending to be like super like super body confident all the time and like super like positive and really happy all the time when actually like there's so many people out there who are struggling and going through stuff that want uh, like want and want a platform to talk about it so it was in that year I, I promised myself that I was going to make my Instagram a place of authenticity and honesty and like there is going to be some photos of me with rolls or cellulite or <laughs> um, like natural. no makeup on or a sweaty face yeah. or a hungover head or shoving so my favorite is eating like i love yeah. to post pictures of myself eating like i just think it's the more we can encourage a healthy appetite the better yeah. um but yeah that that was the moment that changed it for me and i'll never go back to mm. these like glossy perfect images like filtered edited whatever because it's just not honest mm. and I want to be honest because I even think there was like the other day when I, I think I dropped your message on Instagram and then I, I pressed your story and it was like you were like I've had such a hard day your ring light broke your your wine smashed I was like oh maybe I shouldn't have met oh no how do I delete that message unsend unsend I was like, maybe that was the wrong time but it was like yo that was so real it was like you were like look I just feel like everything's like I'm just really stressed out right now and yeah I, like and I felt that but I'm like not a lot of people show that side and you know it's, it's, it's a reminder that someone's actually human and you know we all have those very human emotions because it's too easy. It's far too easy to just at least be like, this is this is constantly the best reel of my life. And with me, I yeah. find it just really hard to even put up the best reel. So I just try and steer clear. I just try and not engage as much as I normally, or as most people do on socials. Yeah. Um, because I'm just like, I'll just rather not say anything. Oh, but that's not always the best way. But I'll just be like, oh, if I'm feeling some type of way, I don't need to show it. If I'm feeling ecstatic, I might not need to show it. Maybe there's a middle ground of just like floating around and posting something <laughs> every now and then. But you know what? People want to know who it is and they want to see you in your highs and your lows. And yeah. it helps them form some real, real connections with you. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. And like, it is it, it, like it, it is sort of. I think it's everybody's instant reaction when they are having a hard day or a tough time to retreat into themselves until they are feeling better and until they are feeling like they can be that Instagram-worthy version of themselves. But who is the person who's setting this bar for what is Instagram-worthy? Like, who deems what's good enough to put on there and who says it isn't? Like, these bloggers and influencers and perfect fitness models, like, do you think they never have a down day? And do you think they never have, like, a moment where they're just caught eating Biscoff out of the jar? Like, of course they do. Is that every moment? They're just that... not... Yeah, every, all the time. They're just not secure enough to put it up. So I'm kind of... I'm paving the way to being... Or at least trying to do my bit to embracing our fabulous flaws and our perfectly imperfect... Yeah. and I don't know I just I think the more I do it the more people might see it and do the same and Instagram needs more honesty I think definitely and you know what it's a knock-on effect as well you, you knocking on and allowing someone else to feel like you know what I can be and be as, as as authentic as I should there are so many so many people who rate you highly and I know that's partly one of the reasons it's like Vicky's so real Vicky's so authentic and I can vouch you know what she's a very sick individual so I'll give you that I will oh, give you that I will really? give you that 
Well, um, wait back well, at you, me. Well, well. Um, what I will say though <laughs> is, um, again, we are we are wrapping up, and I, I thank you for kind of having just just this hour. I know I know you're like it's nothing. It's, it's you're busy. You're super busy. I can see you're busy. <laughs> you got your, your your fingers in so many pots. Like, is there anything we should be looking forward to seeing you on or doing in the next few weeks or months? Um, so I have been. Su- I was just telling you. I was, I was having a little for everyone who thinks I'm like really nice all the time. Ray will confirm. I was having a bit of a rant at the start of this before we started recording. I was like, I've just been so fucking busy. Um, no, really but your life grateful. literally looks like you travel from one spot. Like I honestly <laughs> wouldn't want to be on the train as often as you seem like you are. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I. I'm going through those disposable masks at such a rate because oh, I'm man. just constantly like sweating away on a train in them. Um, I have done like a couple big shows in the last couple months. Um, and although I can't sort of divulge what they are because I'm NDA'd up to the eyeballs, um, <laughs> they are exciting and they are super different. So there's definitely, yeah, and I'm about to go and potentially do another one soon. So yeah, there's there's something for everyone coming up. Um uh, some nice festive stuff, some less than festive stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to probably bombard you on your TVs in the next couple of months and in the new year. So sorry about that if anyone's not a huge fan. Um, yeah, there's plenty There's plenty places to avoid us. Do you know what I want to <laughs> see? And I, I, I kind of skirted it over it earlier and I should have really mentioned it. You were like the finalist for MasterChef and I would love to see some you throwing <laughs> down in the kitchen. I want to see more of you throwing <laughs> down in the kitchen. It's yeah? like, you can oh, cook, me. like. Like, like that's it. Is, you can cook. Why, why, why do when I not get to see? When all this is over, I'll have to have you round for dinner. Oh I'll mate, don't like, don't gas me. Come on, hey, what are you doing? Eating, <laughs> eating Christmas dinner at Vicky's, hat back like with her mama. Sit that down. Stop it. Stop it. No, that's great. You've got to bring a side though. You I have to do. bring a signature side dish. I will do. So a salad, garden salad. <laughs> no, is that not does that not run? Alright. Well all right. I wanna see honey roasted carrots or you're not coming through the door in. Okay, cool. If you listen, we can do an insta live cook off and you can show me how to do that. I know what I'm doing, but it might not be up to MasterChef standard. But I think I said that to say make more cooking content for me. <laughs> uh, Got it. Message yes, received. Delete, received, received, didn't it? Tick. Okay, so, no, you're a G, and there are three quick questions I ask every guest. Go for it. Happiest day of your life? Oh, um, it's a, it's a bit of a toss-up, um, but I do have to say, it's really bad, the, the day I won the jungle. Honestly, like, I don't know what that says about me personal life. Um, <laughs> it's quite empty, but I, um, yeah, the day I won the jungle, you don't top feelings like that, Ray. Fucking, I've chased that high for the last couple of years, full disclosure. It was just amazing to know that, like, 14 million people like you, man. Do you know what I mean? Were like, you beaming for, like, a yeah. like a week or two, just constantly, like, ecstatic? Cloud nine, uh, mate. Like, nothing could nothing could harshen me buzz. I was on, on another level. Yes. <laughs> man, all right, cool. So, something that overwhelms you? Um, a lack of... A lack of privacy. Um, so, like, I've lived all of my adult life in the public eye, so to speak, on a platform. Um, and you think I'd be used to it by now, but 
I'm like, I still get really upset when I walk out my door and someone takes a picture of us. I don't mind like a nice, like if, if like Deborah from around the corner comes over and says she was a big fan of MasterChef, like she can have a picture all day fucking long. Like just putting that out there. Like anybody wants a picture of me, come over and ask. Like I'm so, over, like I'm so grateful that anyone even wants one. But like, you know, <laughs> when you're out for a drink with your mom and a pap jumps out. Mm-hmm. Or like you're walking out, if you're, you're just walking down the high street with your B and M bargains bags, and like <laughs> someone takes a picture, you got no makeup on, you sweating your tits off, like one of them. Like I'll never get over that. Like that is overwhelming. That my and 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 that people want to see those pictures. Like yeah. and also like the worse you look, the better it is. Yeah. Like I'll never quite get over that. That entire concept overwhelms me and here's so. the thing are they even being yeah. sneaky or like are they hiding in bushes or is it now just up in your face straight out of tesco in your like snap snap so, on it so the, the tent this is this is the where it differs so if there's a pack of them and that is the only word for them when they're on mass it's a pack um and this if they know they haven't got the luxury of being covert because someone else like there's a competition there so they will just jump out and be very blatant in your face so when you walk out of a nightclub when you walk out of a restaurant like in in a a red carpet event there'll be loads and they'll be in your face and that's what you expect but if it's through the day and they've just gotten on to where you are covertly um, and they're 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 onto something. Then they will be sneaky because that's the better pictures. It's so nice. that's when they'll hide in the bushes. That's when they hide in the bushes. That's when they'll be in the car. That's when it's a long lens, and you just won't know. So you'll have your finger up your nose, lens, or no. you'll be row. Yeah, <laughs> that's when they get the really shit ones that really sell. Like you can have your eyes closed for like a split second, and all of a sudden, like Vicky Patterson was drunk on Brent. Yeah. Like no, I wasn't. I just always pull stupid face and you caught me blinking so that that's what i'll that's what i'll forever be overwhelmed and confused by okay that is that is real that is real and final question what's the best piece of advice that someone else has given you um so i think um there's like there's like one there's two good pieces of advice i was ever given and like one is just one came from weirdly i got the same piece of advice from two people and it was like Oh, it was from me mom, and it was from Rylan as well. Um, and it was basically, um, be careful what you say yes to, because ultimately it means you're saying no to something else. And like I didn't get it at the time. Like I'd just done I'm a celeb and I was like, I'm gonna fucking say yes to I'm everything. Queen of the jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want everyone to know, man. Yes. Um so yeah, and that, that was where I was at. But actually, like as time wore on, I realised what it meant. So if you say yes to every job, you're automatically saying no to seeing your family. And if you say yes to like dating someone who you're not really sure about but you just didn't want to be alone that night you're saying no to the possibility of actually finding the man of your dreams like if you say yes to like a job that you doesn't actually speak to your soul you're saying no to your peace of mind and that mate is is just super important so yeah so be careful what you what you say yes to because you're saying no to something else inadvertently Oh man, that was what a note to end on. You smashed that. Big up yourself. Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thank you for having me, babe.